Um, I'm blaming the way I feel on Pastor Susan because she's been teaching on Wednesday nights about the Holy Spirit. And Thursday, of course, I taught Wednesday night about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And I know we would cover that. You know, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you're going to cover things a few times probably. That's okay, right? But when I got done, I'm just going to kind of give you a little insight to my life where I came in to work Thursday, and when I got up that morning, I just felt empty. Not like bad empty, just like Miss Bonnie. I felt like I have done, relayed all the information that I know in my brain and in my spirit to these people. I, I studied harder over that message, I think, than I have over in a long time. Not because I felt like I needed to. It was just things kept coming to me. But I felt that I'd emptied myself, and I was like, God, I'm supposed to teach again Sunday morning, and I just, <laughs> I just don't know. But as the day went on, um, Ellie got out of school early. It was her last day of school, and we had award assemblies and all that. And uh, we got back here a little bit late, and she got bored. So I took her home, and I was going to eat a little bite when I got there and come back. And I really felt that the Lord impressed upon me when I got back to go to the gym, not to play basketball or ping pong and things that they had set up, but I, I felt like the Lord called me there to prayer. And it was the one place where I felt like I could just get alone and get with God. And I, I've honestly, all weekend, I've thought, God, how am I going to say this without just trying to sound uh, religious? But I'm telling you, when I went over there, I was not expecting it. I had no anticipations of anything. I wasn't trying to work anything up. But I'm telling you, God just gloriously filled me with the Holy Spirit all over again over there. And it hasn't subsided. And I promise I'm not drunk. I'm not. I'm not trying to work up a feeling. I'm not trying to work up an emotion. All I can tell you is I have felt so full. But yet I'm still hungry. I'm, I'm thirsty, but I'm not dehydrated. I'm, and I really was just, God, I really need you to subside some of this because I've got to get up and teach this morning. And I don't want people to think that I've, I've went into another dimension, which would be okay if I did. But I'm blaming this on Pastor Susan for starting uh, the teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I believe that not only does he want to fill us, but he wants to refill us over and over and over. And I'm not talking about just a powerful church service. I'm talking about in your life. What God wants to do with you on a personal level. What I talked about Wednesday night was about there's just going to be times when you can't feel and you're going to have to quit looking for feeling and you're going to have to start looking for mind renewal. But the Lord really checked me. That's a true statement. Because Paul said in Romans 12 and 2, not to, to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed but by the renewing of your mind. But here is the, the one part of the verse that God didn't leave out, I left out, is in verse 1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
And I thought to myself, God, when is the last time that I've just laid myself on the altar and just said, I'm tired of feeling like I've got to know everything. I'm tired of feeling like I've got to have all this figured out. I'm tired of all that. And I just want to lay myself on the altar and say, God, you fill me with your spirit. You fill me till I'm full. I understand I can't operate on feeling all the time, but that doesn't mean I can't feel. That doesn't mean that it's wrong to feel. And I'm not going against what I talked about Wednesday night, but I want to talk tonight or this morning about a full rounded life. A full rounded life where it's not all about feeling, but yet that doesn't mean you can't feel. And it's okay to walk by faith and not by sight. It's okay because there's going to be times when you can't feel. But it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel. And this verse came to me in worship in Psalm 16 and 11. It said, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. I just want to ask you today in your mind tonight, this morning. I keep saying tonight. This morning, when's the last time that you have felt God's presence in your life? And I'm not talking about what you watched somebody else do this morning. Okay? I'm talking about when is the last time that you felt him impact your life deep on the inside to where it totally just wrecked your life. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. I always, uh, I don't go looking for confirmation on things, but it's really nice when confirmation comes, right? And in my mind, I'm going to think, well, God, they're, they're think I'm re- going to revert back to um, emotionalism. And I'm not, because I understand completely you need the Word of God. And we're going to study here in just a minute how our experience with God actually drives us to His Word. And His Word drives us to an experience with Him. But I was just, I've, I've taken Facebook off of my phone I have it on my computer back here because a lot of guys message me through Messenger. So I keep that on there. But I noticed that somebody had, I'm sure it was Cherie, posted this. A, uh, it was from uh, Rick Renner's book, A Life Ablaze. And I just wanted to share it with you in case you haven't read it. It says, when a person or congregation intentionally focuses on glorifying God in the presence of his word... And in an atmosphere of praise and worship, his manifest presence is released to transform lives wherever change is needed. The power of God's presence that is ushered in when believers worship him can supernaturally, I love this part, can supernaturally shift mindsets. It can unlock revelation. It can bring deliverance to the oppressed and heal afflicted bodies. When the atmosphere is charged with the presence of God during those times of worship, a door is open to a spiritual dimension, allowing revelation to flood into our receptive hearts and minds. There is nothing to be compared to those intimate moments during worship when the flame of our spiritual fire is turned up in the presence of God. And I'm so thankful because it was from a Greek scholar, Rick Renner. It wasn't just... Me coming up with something to try to convince you that you need more of God and that you need to be on fire for God. 
but it's people that know the Word of God, but what they know and that knowledge have driven them into an experience with Him. You don't need to just know about God. You need to know Him from an intimate level. And I'm going to get to that here in just a little bit too. But it's okay to feel and it's okay to know. There was a young man that I was dealing with over the week. And I'm telling you, no matter what I said to him, no matter what advice I gave him, no matter what scriptures I gave him, it just seemed like it, what he wasn't getting it. And he could rattle off scriptures to me. I know God's word says this. I know God's word says that. And I've been saying what God's word says, but things weren't changing. And that was part of when I went over to the gym and I was just praying. And this is what the Lord gave to me. And I'm not going to candy coat this. I'm not going to try to make it sound really neat. I'm just going to give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me. Is there are people who know about me, but have never experienced me. And there are people who have experienced me, but don't know about me. There was a place in my life and if you me turn to Acts chapter 9, I felt God, but I didn't know anything about Him. And then God led me here to where I knew about the one that I'd had an experience with. And I don't care what you think about this when I say this statement, but I'm in so in love with Jesus this morning. I want him to know that I love him deeply in front of the side of all these people. Jesus is my Lord. Acts chapter 9, we see a man by the name of Paul. It said in Saul, verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went in unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, speaking of Jesus, whether they were men or, or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, get this, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? I want you to notice in verse 5, he, he didn't just say, who art thou? He said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And going on down to verse 10, he hadn't had anything to eat or had anything to drink for three days. He was blinded by the light. And it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And he hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias, coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. And we go on down, we see that Ananias came, laid hands on him, he received his sight, he laid hands on him, he baptized him, I, I believe probably with water and with the Holy Ghost. 
But I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 1. And in verse 11, he said, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. Now I want you to see here that Paul had an experience with Jesus Christ that changed his life to the point that it changed his name. He, he went from Saul to Paul. And we see here because of that, in the book of Galatians, he went over that experience, caused him to want to know more about the one that he had had an experience with. He didn't just ride on the experience, but he didn't immediately go up and confer with flesh and blood. But the Bible says that he received revelation of Jesus Christ. And for the three years, he went into the deserts of Arabia. And Jesus began to speak to him and to talk to him and to put things inside of his spirit. And he began to know about Christ. Not just say, I had an experience with him. But if you go back to the the book of Acts, the 8th chapter, you see... A story of, and I know I've got a lot of reading here to do, but I I have to read this because it goes back to the point, there are some people that want to experience God and there's some people that want to know about God, but the reality is you can experience God and get to know about God and you can know about God and get to experience God. It says, I'm sorry, I keep putting my glasses up. And the angel of the Lord, verse 26 and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem into Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran hither to him and and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, And who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened, I love this, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized and Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. 
and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. But this is what I want to get to. And the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. I want you to see here, here was a man that was reading the Word of God. And he wanted to understand the Word of God, but he needed an experience with Jesus in order to understand what he was reading. And because of his understanding and because of his experience, the Bible says that he went away rejoicing. You see, that knowledge, obviously not fully understanding of the Word, sought the experience. You need both. It's not either or. You need both. Having an experience with God, it's okay, guys. It's okay to be intimate with God. It's called surrender. Not just once. Not just for a season, but all your life. I told pastor the other day, we were talking, I said, you know, I think a lot of women, I'm just going to say this, a lot of women in this church is longing for a husband that will lead their family to church. I'm not talking being drugged to church. I'm talking that will get up and lead their family to church. Because not just because it's the right thing to do, not just because it's the religious thing to do, but because they're so in love with Jesus. They're so in love with God that it's flowing out of their life and their families see it and they'll say, we're going to church today. Not just to check off a religious box, but we're going to go today and we're going to sing love songs to Jesus. We're going to lead our families in reading this massive love letter that God has given to us. You see, an experience by definition is the fact or state of having been affected by or gain knowledge through direct observation or participation. I'm thankful that I, gla- that I gladly participated in salvation. And because of that, it put a hunger on the inside of me to know His Word. Now, it, one of the other synonyms of experience would be something personally encountered, undergone, or lived through, and the conscious, conscious events that make up an individual life. And I began to think this week, and I know a lot of times when you start talking about the day that you got born again, you know, for some people they'll be like, you know, well, that's great. And when people begin to tell me about getting born again, you know, you listen. And obviously you, you don't have the emotion that they have because you weren't there and you're not them. But I remember the day that I got saved. I remember... I was, does anybody understand conviction? Not condemnation, but conviction. That I don't, know what, I don't know what it was about coming and kneeling before a piece of furniture that was going to change my life. But all I can tell you, when I was 16 years old at Pottsville Assembly of God on a Sunday night, the preacher was preaching And I'm telling you, I was white-knuckling the pews. I was like, I knew I needed to go forward. And let me tell you, let's don't don't discredit that. 
There is something huge about standing up in front of all your peers and walking down and saying, I'm going to make a commitment to Jesus Christ publicly. Let's don't discount that. But I remember, I don't even remember what all I said. All I remember was I began to sob and to weep. And as I stood up, I believe at that moment, Mark, I was born again. Just standing up, I was born again. But I went to that altar and I knelt down and I cried and I repented. Uh, Mary, I thought of every sin that I possibly could think of that I'd done wrong. But obviously we understand that's not what salvation is. It's just about understanding that I need Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner by nature and I need to be born again. But I'm thankful that I knelt at that altar, and I'm not telling you I just cried and checked off a box and shook the preacher's hand. There was a change that took place on the inside of me. And Julie in Russellville High School, I walked in the next day, the only, we called it witness wear. Do y'all remember that? Witness wear. And my sisters was the only one. I was looking for the Motley Crew and Guns N' Roses shirts, and they had the Jesus gym shirts and all that stuff and I went to their closets and began to look through something I thought that could fit me because I'm telling you on the inside I had been changed I felt saved I didn't nobody had to tell me I got saved I knew I got saved and I put that shirt on I remember that I don't know why girls y'all do this you stretch the collars all out and everything <laughs> had makeup stains on it and all that but I didn't care because I got born again and I wanted to tell somebody about it and I went to that school, and anybody that would stop and talk to me, I told them, I said, let me tell you what happened to me. And I would tell them that I give my heart to Jesus Christ. And they looked at me. A lot of them was like, oh, that's really good. And a lot of them was just walked away. But I was just looking for an opportunity to tell somebody because I had a drastic change, Kyle, on the inside of me, and I couldn't wait to tell somebody about it. I began to think this week about the countless people that poured into my life. Marty Thomas, I don't know if any of y'all know him. Jeff and Tammy Hamby, they were my cousins. But I remember Marty, newly married Marty, would, would go and pick me up when he, his new wife at home, I'm sure if you know what I mean, had better things to do <laughs> as newlyweds. But he would come pick me up and he would begin to disciple me. And he began to love on me. And he began to show me scriptures. And he began to invest in me. And I never forgot that. Julie, I remember Patricia Robertson, whenever I was witness to the guys in band and they were looking at me like I was crazy, and the next day she come to school with a note and a paper bag. And I thought, Lord, what in the world? And she handed that to me, and of course I was the 80s hair band, I've, I've made that very clear, That's, that was my genre of music. Inside that bag was all kinds of Christian rock tapes and a note, and she said, I saw the stand you were making yesterday, and I just wanted to encourage you. I've never forgot that. It's sometimes in religion you get kind of stale. But then you go back and you remember how God gloriously touched your life. And you begin to relive that all over again. And you're just like, God, I know that I, I'm, I'm, I'm associate pastor, whatever that's supposed to mean. Know the Bible, can quote scriptures. But if I lose my love for you, and I lose my desire for you, and I lose that love feeling for you. What good is all of this? I know I have to walk by faith and not by sight sometimes. But that doesn't mean that that's the way i got to walk it all the time. Now i got to walk by faith. I've never seen Jesus. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I've felt him. I've experienced him. 
He's so real to me right now. I'm telling you, I just, I don't care what he looks like because I know how he feels. And there were different seasons I began to think that I went through. I was so thankful to be born again. I was so thankful to be saved. But there was one thing I was lacking. I was lacking stability. Because, Kyle, I couldn't feel, and I thought I was lost. Because I couldn't feel. And I'm thankful for a man named Roy Chisholm. I don't know why he invested in me like he did. But he sat me down and he said, John, just because you don't feel saved doesn't mean you're not saved. I am so thankful that somebody come by and told me that. I'm so thankful that somebody come by and showed me scriptures that I'm going to have to walk by faith and not sight. I'm thankful that they showed me scriptures that he said he would never leave me and he would never forsake me. If my heart condemns me, God's greater than my heart. I'm thankful for those seasons where I could, I could hear the word of God and know, man, I'm saved. Still saved. Even though I made a mistake, I'm still saved. But then you come and God brings you into the season of where you're at right now. And you, not because I'm on staff here, but you meet the perfect church that wants to love on Jesus and wants to know all about him, to know his will concerning me. I'm thankful for those seasons and I'm thankful that I can know, but I'm also thankful that I can feel. I feel so full today. I want you to feel that way too. And God wants you to feel that way. But sometimes we have to let go of some things like unforgiveness. And we just got to say, Lord, help me. Y'all don't get quiet on me now. Obviously, this is meaning a whole lot more to me. But I believe that God wants you to experience the same thing. I just think about all the different seasons in my life. And, you know, I, lo I love studying. Man, I love good teaching. I love good teaching. Man, you give me a Keith Moore CD, Rusty, and I'm, man, ready to go. I'll wear it out. There's, I listen to one over. I can't. My wife told me the other day, she said, we probably got that memorized by now. <laughs> But I, I got under conviction about ejecting it. I thought, what if I missed something? What if there was something in there that I was doing something else and, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't paying attention and I missed it? But you see, that's what falling in love with God's Word will do for you. I feel, I feel in love with Him as who He is, as being in His presence, and that's an awesome thing. But I don't want to miss anything inside this Word. And God began to show me that a lot of times we will say our relationship with God is a metaphor of our marriage. And God's like, reverse that. Marriage is a metaphor of what our relationship with God is. Did you know God wants to be intimate with you? But God wants you to know everything about Him? And you know, when you get married, the I'm not going to go into very graphic detail here, but you know, when you get engaged and you get married, and you go on the honeymoon, and all, is, all in the world is well. <laughs> Everything's right on the honeymoon. The looking forward, the intimacy, the 
just being in that moment and really being vulnerable, the excitement. Am I the only one that was excited? I mean, (laughs) and that's great, and that's wonderful. But the thing comes is, you know, what they, I, I, I think that's what the, my, the older generation was telling me. I just wasn't understanding. You can live on love for a little while. But then there comes a time where you've got to get to know each other. You can't just stay in the bedroom 24 hours a day. You've got to come out and live life together. You've got to learn how to pay bills together. You've got to learn how to budget together. You've got to learn how to raise kids together. You've got to learn how to do chores together. You've got to learn how to communicate. You've got to learn all these things. But that's where a lot of people stay at is they want to experience God on an emotional level, but they don't ever want to get to know what causes him to move. What causes him to react? What's his character? What's his personality? What does he like? What does he not like? What gets him to move on my account? But then there's some people that they study all about God, but they've never really had that emotional experience. I have dealt with a couple of guys. They do not go to church here, so don't be looking around. And I'm gonna, people don't know this, but from 5 o'clock till 6.30 through the week, I'm the, I'm the lead pastor at Max Nutrition. <laughs> I didn't go looking for that title, but it, it, it came to me. And I talked to a lot of guys. Two guys in particular, uh, same story, had been years, years plural, since them and their wives had had an intimate encounter. One guy was 10 years. And I said, bro, that's too long. Way too long. That's like nine years, 11 months, and 29 days too long. (laughs) That's not the way it was meant to be. I'm not trying to be graphic or just or funny. I'm just saying that's not the way it was meant to be. You're supposed to know each other on an emotional level and an intimate level, and then you're supposed to get to know each other. It's the whole, it's the full life. But there are so many people, God showed me there's so many people that are living either or when his desire is for them to live both. I want you to feel me and I want you to know all about me. We used to call those full gospel churches. I hope you're getting this. I want to experience him and I want to know him. My experience drives me to want to open his word and do the word searches, Dylan, and to learn what the words mean and to listen to guys like Rick Renner that are like, golly, what a wealth of information. And your heart's desire is to, I want to be like that. I want to have that kind of information. But understand this. I guarantee you Rick Renner is just in love with Jesus Christ the day, as today as he was the day he got saved, if even more. But these men in the Bible that we read, there's a few scriptures I want to share. I'm going to try to close here. In 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, it says this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
when these words were written that we learn about and that we hear about and we read about and we study about were written by men, when I say they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost, I believe, Malin, in my heart, that they just didn't say, well, the ball game's over now. I guess I'll go up and try to write something. But I, I looked at that, and I didn't try to define it, but they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Something came over them. Not just something, the Holy Ghost came over them and caused those words to be written. So when we read these words, that's why a lot of people don't get it. They've never really had an intimate relationship with God that he's exposed himself to them. And they read this and it's like, I don't get it. But when you have an intimate relationship with somebody and they fill you with their spirit, you can read this word and like, oh. It's a lot different in reading this Bible with the author right beside you. Speaking into your heart, speaking into your life as you're reading. And I love what John, 1 John, uh, in his first, uh, his first epistle in the first uh, chapter, first verse, it says, that which was from the beginning, which, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, The word of life. I think about John leaning on Jesus' breast. And for a lot of guys, that's too weird. And honestly, if you see me leaning on another man's chest, please catch, say something. <laughs> please. But I'm going to tell you right, if it's Jesus, just mind your business. Okay? John was so in love with Jesus, he didn't care. He didn't care. He was so comfortable with him, and he was so in love with him. He just, it didn't matter. But he said, we, we not only heard, but we saw, we looked, we handled it. And bear witness, show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and, our, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his son, Jesus Christ, because of the experience that John had had, he had declared that unto them. He wrote these things down and talked from his experience. You know, reading and studying can be so much better when you're reading and studying about the one you've had an encounter with. So much more. And this is my final verse. is Romans 8 and 11. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. The one that's subject to death, that's not going to live forever. If, if the Lord doesn't tarry, you'll, you'll die one day. But that word quicken means to, I, I love this, it means to vitalize or revitalize. Did you know that there's sometimes you're going to have vitality and there's going to be times you're going to be revitalized? And the word vitality means capacity to live and develop. To experience God and develop. To experience God and to learn. Amen? He wants to quicken your more, the body right now. You know, when Jesus said this, he said, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to assure you that means healing. That means prosperity. That means everything that comes along with what he's provided for you. But it also means this, that he, wants, he doesn't want you to wait to heaven get to get to experience him. It can be right now. Would you bow your heads quickly? And I just want to ask you today, I know this is old school. I just want to ask you today, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you to do something very bold. I'm going to ask you to come down front and kneel at these steps. You don't have to do that to get saved, okay? I'm just not saying, I'm not saying that's what you've got to do to get saved at all. But there's just something about coming forward and just absolutely surrendering yourself to the Lord. And you've never done that. And I'm not saying you, you may be, I'm not trying to say you're not saved. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying you've never asked Jesus in your life and, and the Lord has really pricked your heart this morning. If not, I just want to encourage you today. You know, Paul didn't pray at an altar. Only thing he said was, Lord, you can, you can look up if you'd like to. He just said, Lord, what would you have me do? There was no groveling around. There was no confessing every sin he'd ever committed. He just said, Lord, what would you have me do? You know what repentance really is? It's changing. It's doing a 180 degree turn and going completely opposite of what you were. It's not about remembering. Man, if you had to remember every sin in order to get forgiveness, I'd, I'd be in trouble. I think everybody could attest to that. We'd all be in trouble, wouldn't we? But I'm thankful that his blood reaches through all the crevices that I've even forgot about. Yeah. All the way down, he's covered all of my life. I want to encourage you today as you're standing, as we're going to be dismissed. Go ahead and stand. We're going to, we're going to teach next week about following directions. <laughs> I just want to encourage you, get along with God somewhere. You don't, don't wait for a feeling. Just get along with God and just say, Lord, I want to experience you. I want to know you intimately. I want to fall in love with you again. And I'm going to tell you, he can change your life all over again. I want to be revitalized, don't you? I want to know him again. I want, I want to, you know, let's don't be like some people are in their marriage. Don't go 10 years. My goodness, don't go five years, don't go a year, don't go a month, don't go a day without experiencing God. He, he's, he's not going to hold himself from you. And I know there's been times that I've went and I didn't feel a thing. Didn't feel nothing. But I understand that, you know, on, in those times, I'm going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, my wife, we got married. And, you know, she's told me a lot of times that she's loved me. She loves me. And there's been times that she's, she's wrote it down. And there's been times that I've run across those things where she's left me little notes. And you know, when I'm not around her and I can't feel her touch and I can't feel her embrace, I can read those little letters right there and I know she loves me still. And that's the same what it is. When I can't feel, I can open up this book 
And I can read where he said he loved me so much that he gave his son for me. And he's not come to condemn me, but he's come to save me. And that I can walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Father, we thank you. We're so thankful, God, that you're not a God we can't feel and that we can't touch. God, I'm thankful that we can know your tangible presence. And that doesn't take the place of your word, but your word doesn't take the place of how we, uh, the experience that we have with you either. God, they go hand in hand. They go together. And so, Father, I pray every person under the sound of my voice, God, those that didn't respond, Lord, they don't have to come up here and do anything that they don't want to do. Lord, we give them the opportunity. But I pray, Father, that somewhere through the day, God, that they would make themselves an altar somewhere and say, Father, I surrender my life to you. There was no audience with Paul other than the ones that were fell flat on their face. They didn't know what was going on. But, Father, I pray that they would just make that commitment to you. And, Father, they would learn what it is to be in love with their Creator. And, Father, we're going to thank you and we're going to praise you in advance for everything that's going to be done, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.